Yo, family, welcome to Jonathan Soul. Let's get into Wednesday Rewinds. I'm going to pop in the tape. We're going to hear an interview I did back in the day here on JonathanSoul.com. Wednesday Rewinds. Let's listen. I have the honor and privilege of talking to Kai Leaks. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. Now, did I, did I screw up your first name? Be honest. You, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can either say I give people nicknames or I can't read. So I'm going to go with nicknames. All right. <laughs> so the reason why I'm sharing the microphone with Kai is because she writes these scary romance-laced thriller-type, horror-type novels. I'm talking about the Sin Eater series. Y'all can find them on Amazon. If y'all go to her personal website, which is K-W-H-P-F-P... Hold on, let me, let me try it again. <laughs> K, yeah, you really got to get that domain, that, that domain thing do, worked I up. I know. I, I'm not mad at you because I'm literally... I got my, uh, my Squarespace open template. I'm trying to get my stuff together myself. But uh, go to Amazon.com and look up Kyleeks, K-A-I-L-E-A-K-E-S, and you can find all her novels. Now, the thing that's interesting is she's a young writer, but she seemed like she'd been in the game for a minute. I mean, how many novels do we do we got here? We got Sin Eaters, we got uh, Sin Eaters, and then we got Sin Eaters, Retribution, Devotions, Book Two. Then we got, uh, looks like, uh, Guardians. What's this here? Guardians is connected to Sin Eaters. Uh huh. And then you appear in a few anthologies, mm-hmm. right? You got the uh, the City anthology. Now, um, this City anthology was very intriguing because the the subtitle, of course, is a cyberpunk anthology. What's your definition of cyberpunk? Oh well, when I did the City, that was my first time ever doing something like that. So for me, cyberpunk is sci-fi uh-huh. and that means straight up in the future right not dyspor- not dysphoria sometimes but mm-hmm. sci-fi thinking of with black people mm-hmm. latinos asian just colorful diversity mm-hmm. focused mm-hmm. and um led sci-fi in the future so oh. something like i am robot that's my definition of that Gotcha, gotcha. Isn't it funny how a lot of the futuristic stuff nowadays is dis dysphoric, dis dystopic, dystopic. Yeah, it's a hard word. You, you know what I mean? I blame the schools. You know. What I'm saying? I do. So, it, do you think people just have a glum vision of the future? I mean, it's not like with Gene Roddenberry, where everybody was getting along. You, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it goes with. I say I put it on the trend of things, and when I and when I'm saying that, I'm meaning on what's going on in society today. Mm-hmm. So, like, where everybody's emotion and moods comes out of that these different genres of writing. So, when you're feeling down and like we were just coming out of the, you know, great re- recession again, but I was mm-hmm. calling it the depression again, part two. Right. Um, a lot of the Dysphoria books came out and a lot of the urban fiction came out and things like that to help deal with and touch with 
all the things that was going on at that time of those times those books and stuff came out especially mm-hmm. so yeah it makes sense why that's a popular genre which i am not knocking at all i have a slight dysphoria books in my um senator's novella mm-hmm. so and well i guess the whole series as a whole could, could kind of be considered that too mm-hmm. so i mean it makes sense gotcha. <laughs> so what's going on today so you're feeling a little depressed and you feel like you can write sometimes that's what you write you write around which is what what you know and if you're in the city and mm-hmm. you're feeling the you know the 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 stresses of the city and the stresses of poverty, stresses of taxes rising all the time and can't pay rent and all of that. You throw it in your books and that's what you get. Hunger Games. Wow. <laughs> so so people take the funk that they in and they push it into the future. Is that what yeah. art's supposed to do? Yeah, well, yeah. It's supposed to reflect your world your emotions it's supposed to reflect the politics going on things that you want to speak about things Mm -hmm. that you care about it's just it's just it's like writing is like a diary basically it's like if you are not a person that is vocal or you're not a person that likes to publicly speak or want to be a politician but you have a gift for writing or you have a gift for painting Mm -hmm. or crafting anything that's what people do Okay. They put pieces of themselves into it, and that's how you get all these wonderful pieces of art. Mm. All right, so let's talk about some of these wonderful pieces. Uh, Sin Eaters, Devotion, Book One. Mm-hmm. So what what pieces of yourself is in Sin Eaters, Book One? <laughs> all of me, almost. Practically all of me. And mm-hmm. Broken up and chopped up like a chocolate chip cookie. There you go. <laughs> mm. All right, then. So tell us about it. Tell us about Sin Eaters. Sin Eaters is my baby. It was my first, not my first story I ever wrote, but my first one that I actually completed. <laughs> okay, all right. And, um, it came to me in a dream, actually. And but prior what is it to with that, these dreams? You're the third writer I talked to that's having these dreams. But I mean, I am not like I'm literally not trying to be cliche here. I'm being right. serious here mm-hmm. because. At that time, I was going through a bit of depression okay. because I was a new graduate, mm-hmm. um, had just graduated from my undergrad, and I couldn't find work, mm-hmm. couldn't find anything, um, couldn't find a school to go into it right away. Mm-hmm. So I was at home. I'm, wow. I'm that millennium. <laughs> gotcha. I was at home, and I couldn't find work in the appropriate time. So I just said, you know, to keep busy, to mm-hmm. get out of the funk, let me write. Okay. And so I ended up writing two stories. Wow. Um, it was a story before that and then sing, a pieces of Sin Eaters. And at that time, I was also reading a lot. I loved my Barnes and Nobles when it was around, addicted to it. Uh-huh. If I went there with family. You didn't go to Borders? To- you didn't go to Borders books? No, we didn't have a Borders in my area Okay. at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I would disappear whenever I can't go to bookstores with people because then I just disappear. I'd be rocking, you'd be talking to me, <laughs> I'd be right next to you, uh-huh. and you, you blink and I'm gone. That's that was beautiful. just me. <laughs> That's beautiful. So at that time, I was going through all those type of emotions of where I wanted to go in life. And so, Scene uh-huh. um, Eaters, I was reading L.A. Banks. That is my heart right there. She was everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was introduced to her by another author who was awesome. Um, and I can't ever say her name right, so I will not say it. Okay. Um, and so L.A. Banks also influenced me. I was looking for myself in stories. I was looking for myself in fantasy specifically because that's what I love to read, speculative fiction. And so in romance. So Senators came out from that because of that. And then it led into the dream where it said, well, you might as well just write this down and be vivid with it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it. I wrote pieces of it around that time. Um, and it wasn't until 2010 or 11 mm-hmm. that I shared it with my friend, who's also another author who read it. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you need to submit this. And wow. she was like, and you need to finish it first and foremost, because I want to know what else happens. So, <laughs> so she had a connect with an awesome um, literary agent that ended up being my literary, awesome author that ended up being my literary agent as well. Okay. And that's how Sin Eaters ended up being published. But like I said, it came out of a state of depression, of trying to find myself, trying to figure out what I was going to do in my life. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, wanting to see myself a young African-American woman at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm still young, but still younger than I am now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And needing to feel like I belong in these stories that I always grew up reading anyway. So it's this fantasy action pack, romantic, all this mishmash of a genre in this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted to see myself in it. So that's where that came from. If that all makes sense. That's beautiful. Now just give us briefly the premise of sin eaters. Is it a priest in there? And there's some cookies involved. Is it vampires? <laughs> Tell me, oh, Sin Eaters. Well, tell me about Sin Eaters, the premise. The premise is basically, this is where the story goes. Basically, the premise is about a young girl who doesn't know what's going around her in her world. She's she's transitioning into her, adult, her adulthood, solid adulthood, and starting a business. And as she's doing those things, unbeknownst to her, Overall, in her mind, St. Louis is flipping off his lid. Mm-hmm. You know, folks is tripping in the streets. Battles going on. Well, to her eyes, um, kind of like how Ferguson blew up. Yeah, is what is going on for her in her eyes at that time. What she doesn't realize is this is a supernatural battle, and this is a supernatural world that she's actually a part of, and she's been protected for a long time. Wow. By a specific guardian angel who you will meet as the Reaper in the beginning. Okay. And he and his crew are the people that are battling the streets of St. Louis and protecting us from all the crazy as much as they can mm-hmm. from all the crazy going on in the world by the cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this leads up into Chicago, into the streets of Chicago, because it turns into a basically epic battle against good and evil. Wow. And and shows that even in the middle of good and evil, there's a gray area where sometimes what looks bad really isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And what's, what looks good really isn't good. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging this already. So, so tell me some of the influences. You mentioned uh, L.A. Banks. And so I just, you know, brought her name up and it looks like. She wrote some vampire novels. Am I off on yes, that? Yes, she did. 
Well, before I ever even knew anything about her, um, as a kid growing up, I was like obsessed with vampires. Right. I really? One time. Yes. All right. So what's but the earliest, she- what's the earliest vampire movie you saw? Earliest vampire movie I yeah. saw? The first one. Yeah. Uh, Nos, whatever you call his name, Nosferatu. Nosferatu? Yes. Okay, so you had to watch it on YouTube because you couldn't be that old. I am. (laughs) (laughs) You saw that on the early version of YouTube when they were still having videos of cats. Okay, that is even today, the way Mm -hmm. they shot it, the way the guy moved, the lighting, that joint is still scary. It is, but it didn't scare me. I, I just was like, what is this? And this is a, a funky looking vampire. <laughs> so, mm. And so I, I got into that, but he wasn't, that movie wasn't what triggered me into my obsession with vampires. Okay. Actually, uh, uh, and that really wasn't even my first vampire movie. If I want to be real, I'm an 80s baby. Okay. Okay. All right. So I grew up in the 80s with all the great, awesome movies. And yes, they're awesome. And people may not understand that, these new kids, but they were. Uh, <laughs> with all the little funny, little click, little movies. So, you know, you have. You got to name some of them. Name, name, name. Okay. So, First Bite, I got you. That's what um, the com- the tan guy, right? The comedian brother? Yes. All and right. Harrison. Had- um, Harrison something. I know you're talking about. Then you also had Lost Boys. I grew up on Lost Boys. That so, joint was I mean- scary. Oh, uh, yeah, but it wasn't for me. What scared me was Freddy Krueger and Jason. But anyway, that's another story. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that got me into the vampires. And then it was ultimately Anne Rice's interview with a vampire that pushed it over the edge. I fell in love with the Christina character and uh, the stat. Not the stat, I'm sorry. Louis character. I like Louis over the stat. The Louis was the interviewer, right? Yeah. Well, he wasn't the interviewer. He was the one being interviewed. What? He was the one being interviewed. The I interviewer was, um, I forgot the human Brad, name. Brad, <laughs> Pitt's, Brad Pitt's character was interviewing Tom Cruise, right? No. Brad Pitt's character was the one being interviewed. Tom uh-huh. Cruise was the main vampire Lestat. And Lestat was interviewing Brad Pitt? No. Okay, Christian Slater, if you remember who that is. Yeah, yeah, sure. He was the interviewer. He he was playing a character named David. Oh. And he interviewed Tom, I mean, Brad Pitt. Mm Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt told his story. You got to be introduced to Tom Cruise, the main vampire. Okay. And then it had an awesome twist at the end with Christian Slater's <laughs> character. All right. So you can tell I, I half watched the movie with like one eye uh, open, one eye shut. Okay. Okay. Uh, gotcha. 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 <laughs> so this is so interesting. That start my stuff with vampires. It really was with books because I was a book fanatic. So, yeah. Now, how deep did you go? Did you study the vampire vibration? Like the earliest one, the earliest one, right? Because I'm a slow reader. And so mm-hmm. I, I look for audio books. And so I found like... What may be even earlier than Bram Stoker, there's this... Look that uh, he copied off of, supposedly? Say, probably. Um, it's called <laughs> Varney the Vampire. And they I spell it... That. Yeah, it's a long-ass book. Literally like 50, 60-some chapters. And it's on LibriVox. So, you know, people volunteer to read. And, you know, <laughs> some people got mad accents. You can barely understand them. Some people sound <laughs> like they're recording on their cell phone. But they mash it all together. But um, it's like they spell it with a they spell vampire with a Y. That's how old mm-hmm. the joint is. Mm-hmm. 
And they said back then it came in like a ma- in like a magazine. They yeah. call it I forget what it's called. Yeah, little magazines and stuff. So they pieced it all together. And I was like, huh, this is and, and I think it came out a few years before Bram Stoker actually, you know, put his thing down. Yeah, it did. So do I me did. a favor, do me a favor. Define what a vampire is in your mind. Because the vampire, if you go from Nosferatu to True Blood, that's like the last joint I saw. True Blood season one. After season one, I had to cut them back because I got too gross, too weird. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ugh, I can't watch this. But um, tell me, what's your definition of a vampire? A vampire is an entity, and it's all, well, I won't go that far. But anyway, it's a supernatural natural entity that is that is almost like the living dead, uh, unliving um that feeds off of either the energy of a person or their physical blood okay um kind of thing and they needed to stay young or in some cases or needed to just live to be immortal in general Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's their food that's their survival and they are basically i just say like they're demonic evil depending on who's writing it originally because the people who knew about them didn't know them personally they didn't get to know that oh there's some more to this thing that's trying to kill me so (laughs) (laughs) essentially (laughs) right 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 they're evil like demons (laughs) Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah that's my little definition on them this entity thing person that needs to live off of you like a parasite basically okay and how do do vampires relate to sin eaters Mm -hmm. okay like are they a necessary evil are they like, you know, you know how, um, uh, you know, if the, what is it like the deer in certain areas, they get too numerous, maybe the hunters go and they kill a certain number of them to get, get the thing down so they won't eat up all the crops. I mean, are they like a necessary evil or like, what is yeah, their place well, in your world? My, well, my, in my world, there are two different types of them because it's different types of vampires. You do have those that are good, which is the main characters and um, Common and his crew. And then you have the bad, which is the curse, which come up with different types of demons, but they are vampires in that subset. The curse so, is yes. vampires? Yes. I thought they was the police. Mm, they are, but <laughs> when, 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 when you when you when you get into the necessary evil kind of thing, this uh, okay. comment the popo. Okay, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> that's my little surprising twist to it. Oh, it's, that's something. It's it's a it's a battle between good and evil. But mm-hmm. what happens when the angels? Because these are angels now, uh-huh. have to evolve into bad. Interesting. Or what you think is bad. Okay, okay. So what is a necessary evil thing? <laughs> now, when I was when I was you know kind of just doing a little a little reading or whatever, I mm-hmm. keep seeing romance mentioned in connection with your with your work. Is mm-hmm. that something that's a strong theme in your writing? Yes, because I, I I grew up on romance. At the I'm a girl, so I'm a mm-hmm. little girly girl. Mm-hmm. So I like to read my romance. If I need to feel a little bit of love and a life in a world that's dark, uh-huh. I go pick up a book of romance. So yes, it's a necessary. Oh, you write the romance? Oh, no. 
But if you look at my catalog, I haven't written strictly romance until just recently. So yeah. Well, see, to me, that's the balance for the dystopic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If the world is going to hell, I mean, as long as there's two people that found something special, I think that kind of balances things out. And that's you know. what I do with senators, yes, with the leads, yes. That's beautiful. Well, all of them eventually, but yes. <laughs> now, with uh, with uh, the second book, Sin Eaters uh, 2, Dom, is it, it's Devotion, right? Let me just go mm-hmm. back. It's here. all the Devotion series. Okay, the Devotion series, okay. Um, well, I, let's... let's Let's just let the audience know that that second novel is out there. They definitely got to cop the first. I'm on Amazon now. You can get it in the Kindle format. You can get it in paperback and mass market paperback. What's that? Those those are the little hand ones that you can get and oh, put okay. in your pocket or whatnot. Oh, that's cool. That's the things you can kind of throw in your pocket when you're riding on the train or whatever. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, what I also notice, and this is why I say you seem like you you've been a busy little bee, is uh, you um you also have this other novel. Looks a little older, a uh, Christmas kind of love. What's that? Mm-hmm. That's um, that's new. That was with me and my friend, the one that I told you about. Um, told me to go ahead and <laughs> submit senior. She's an author as well, and we came together to do a short little novella. Mm-hmm. To show and stretch our little hands in, in different um, genre of writing, which is this is strictly sappy romance novella. That's this beautiful. This is like that Hallmark <laughs> holiday love kind of thing. That's cool. So, yeah. And this is a little cute little tale that people ended up really loving. Um, it's just, it's about these two, uh, this guy coming into town. Uh huh. Um, where this town is an old town, it's all black. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that on purpose. We wanted mm-hmm. to show that you know we can have these little cute little quirky historic little towns that you see on TV too. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful and absolutely necessary. Yes, and so and that's called Sojourner Falls. And the young man that comes is um, Blade Martin, mm-hmm. and he's there just from years of leaving there. He's, you know, he's the prodigal son, basically. Mm-hmm. And he gets back to this town that's starting to, because a lot of our towns are disappearing. Okay. Because of the youth leaving. And because there is nothing sustainable there to keep them around. Now, that's and, actually real. That's actually happening in a lot of small right. towns. Mm-hmm. And Sojourners is, Sojourner Falls is going through that same thing and you have a um he blade meets grace who's there who's lived there all her life and she's trying to keep the town up with her family because she owns an inn and so these two characters meet and clash and all this stuff and it forms into a friendship in the beginning uh <laughs> friendship kind of thing where they're trying to save this town from disappearing this historic town because you don't have that many of us around mm-hmm. like they want to battle and save this town mm-hmm. on the up end blade is a city kind of guy who just doesn't believe in the town yet so it's up to grace to get him to believe into the town and try to help save it this and sounds like look- one of those uh those little su- sunday afternoon uh, matinee movies mm-hmm. that, that should be <laughs> on some place this is beautiful that's great wow and of course it has a happy ending right 
Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> I, I love happening. That's beautiful. Wow. Wow. So <clears throat> you being a romantic, mm-hmm. you must have some kind of, I'm just guessing you have some kind of ritual, some kind of uh, uh, mood setting practices that you do when you write. Mm-hmm. So can you <clears throat> tell me about it? Um, sure. Um, that has nothing to do with being a romantic though. <laughs> it's just how I am. My, my characters come to me in my mind. They like talk to me like little voices sit at a table in my head and mm-hmm. we, you know, start talking. And oftentimes I turn on some music and whatever that character is feeling, I turn that kind of music on. So like with Sin Eaters, mm-hmm. I mentioned some songs in there that I wrote it, which kind of time stamp it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was listening to a lot of hip hop, mm-hmm. my rap. Um, Jay Z was my thing. I think at that time when I was writing that, and Kanye and fortunately the good Kanye mm-hmm. was at the <laughs> um, my head when I was writing that. Um, I was going to a little bit of house music, a little bit of grind. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the romance, I was going into a lot of neo soul because it was a lot at that time, more than now, mm-hmm. and. Um, a lot of R&B kind of thing going on. So it helped guides me and helps helps me paint a picture of where my characters are at in a specific zone in the story or where they are at emotionally in the story and things like that. It helps me a lot and keeps me relaxed while I'm charged right. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. You're about to sit down and commence with writing these characters. Mm-hmm. You put on music to get you in the mood so you can relax. Mm-hmm. And you're saying it has nothing to do with being a romantic? You can lie to yourself, but don't lie to me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on now. That's about as romantic as you can get. I, yeah, y'all smell that? Y'all smell the incense, right? Uh, it, she put the, what, the petula on the light bulb. I know you did it. I know you did. I can smell it from here. <laughs> Well, I'm also watching movies and stuff, too, and I don't have anything to do with that. Wow, that's really groovy. That's really groovy. The thing that's interesting is that I think there's a part of the writing process where we become a, I don't know, a channel, a a, a, a microwave receiver, a radio station for the characters to kind of come into this world, so to speak. And um, some people do that by just writing at the same desk every day, same time every morning. You know, other writers, you know, they have another ritual where they have to go outside the house. But you're the first one that mentioned getting, you know, getting in the mood with music and stuff. And that the characters have a theme or at least a a genre. Um, So that's that's an interesting twist. That's a very interesting twist. Um, Let's keep going with your novels. There's another one. Now, I'm looking at the title here. It's also part of the Sin Eater series. This is uh, Guardians. Mm-hmm. So Rebel Guardians, Sin Eaters Chronicles. Um, so is this like book three in the series? Or is this a prequel it, I, or what? I call it my in-between stories. It's, 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 it's behind the book series. So okay. what's going behind Sin Eaters? Basically, this starts after senators two mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a book and a half kind of mm. thing 
Um, so you get to see the other characters. Eventually, I'm going to expand it out more, but you get to see the characters behind Sana and Comet because I had a lot of people that love specific characters in the books mm-hmm. and didn't even care about the leads. They just cared about the secondary characters more. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, okay, that's interesting. Everybody wants to know what's going on with these other folks, so why not drop them into their own little stories that I can put out every now and then mm-hmm. and get, you know link them up into what's going on with behind the series when things are on pop, on hiatus or when things like right, like right now everybody wanted me to do a part three to scent eaters and I was like well I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> but they want to know what's going on and so I came up with this behind the book series thing Okay. And I didn't, I'm not the one that invented the idea behind the book series, I want to say. So, gotcha. Um, but I did come up with this one out there. And this is following um, Sana's siblings, mm-hmm. um, Dare and his best friend and godbrother, um, Take, okay. as they go into this journey on trying to find other um, guardians, basically, and other people that are. That can help with the fight against the cursed. Gotcha. Now, I know that genre names are, are never exactly accurate, mm-hmm. but how would you put a label or a style to your, like, how would you categorize your your style of writing, your subject matter? Um, an eclectic mishmash of speculative fiction. Basically, it's all speculative fiction. That's all I write, which is a big old umbrella for many things. Right, 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 right. So mainly, if I wanted to narrow it down, like you're asking, then it would be um, para, what is it called? Para-romance, I'm sorry, para-romance. So basically, paranormal, the paranormal uh, genre with romance. Oh, okay. That's novel. I never heard about that. Para romance. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Why angels? Why did you choose angels as opposed to just sticking with this terrestrial kind of entities? Because how I was dreaming, and I don't know why I was dreaming, because I must have drank something, ate something. I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this man in all black, and he was protecting me and watching over my shoulder and I had that sensation of somebody doing that for me long ago back in undergrad when I was an undergrad and how I connected it was it was my guardian angel mm-hmm. and in the dream when he spoke to me he laughed and I saw fangs <laughs> and really? I was like well what's going on here <laughs> interesting can we can we talk about that a little bit oh uh, sure so you said that you felt this sensation before. Mm-hmm. Can you describe it? Like, where were you? What was happening? What was going on in your life at the time? Well, I was in undergrad and I was, you know, just uh, on my own for the first time. I think it was my freshman year when this happened. Were you in the and dorms? I, Did you have an apartment in the city? What? Oh, I had a dorm. I had okay. a dorm. Okay. And at this time I had just lost my, I believe this was the time when I just lost either my grandfather or my uncle was at both oh, near around the that. same time. Sorry to hear Thank that. Thank you. And, um, I just, I had that dream that somebody was sitting on the edge of my bed. 
Mm. And I was talking to him. And I think this is the one. I think it was my grandfather because I woke up with a recipe for a barbecue sauce that he always hid. <laughs> wow. That nobody knew. And so I was, I felt him at the edge of my bed and we was having a conversation. I, I, I felt myself talking. I don't know what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just felt myself talking to him. And so that was my first experience of that. That's interesting. That's interesting. So <clears throat> I'm assuming that you believe that there's more to life than just our five senses. Yes. Okay. And All right. It's not even specifically related to anything religious or anything like that. Right. I just, I believe in there's some extra power energy going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I used to be into the matrix, what I call religion. You know, I used to be in the matrix back in the day until I started studying history. And Mm -hmm. then once I, you know, discovered that generally people just deify ancestors and it's a cultural product like music and all of this kind of stuff, then you, okay, so you take the religion off the table, but you still have these experiences that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's when you have to accept that, well, I may never know why some of this is, or there are other things that, you know, maybe I just, you know, just have to accept. Like uh, when my third daughter was born i looked into her eyes and i knew she was here before mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it that old people used to say that back in the day i didn't believe them <laughs> no. until it happened to me you know what i mean i was like oh shit is this on for later is this you know who is this, who is this person you know and everything so it's interesting you said you had that feeling and uh, you know I, I truly think that when people love you you know something like death probably wouldn't separate you know what I mean? You still want to watch over folk, even though, you know what I mean? You're not at the same address anymore. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So it, it, it does that that kind of uh, understanding find its way into your work then? Oh, yeah, all the time, especially all through Sin Eaters. Definitely. There's a sect of people that are called, they're called the disciples. Mm-hmm. And really, these people are just everyday people like you and me. Mm-hmm. Some of them may have extra gifts like or you know psychic or you know can discern certain things like that and others may see spirits <laughs> and things like that so yeah my experiences like that or experience i've heard of friends like that mm-hmm. yeah i put them in, in into my stories all the time wow wow now off mic we talked about um there might be another story or 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 anthology of stories you may partake in, and you mentioned uh, like Afro steampunk. Am I remembering that correctly? Oh yeah, that's my latest one that I'm going to drop here probably within the next month or two. Um, it's just a short novella. Um, originally it was for an anthology that mm-hmm. was about um Afro steampunk world basically and it was this is my first this was my first attempt in trying to write something in the steampunk genre because i've never done before only thing i knew about steampunk was unfortunately that people hate being that being tied to it, but i don't care <laughs> it was um the wild wild west with will smith that's all i really knew about steampunk <laughs> yeah that joint was dope i know the plot so, was corny and everything but the gadgets and you know that, that, right, was, exactly. that was dope yeah <laughs> Exactly. And I like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, let me try this. I love fantasy. I already did my little vampires and 
werewolves and all that kind of thing mishmash with Sin Eater. So let me try this new little angle. So Ani's Tears um, that I may call Oya's Tears later. I don't know yet. I'm still deciding. Anyway, it came from out of that. And so it didn't get accepted, unfortunately. I retweaked it and tried to submit it elsewhere. It didn't get accepted elsewhere. So then finally I was like, you know, let me just drop this myself. Yeah. <laughs> F them people. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And on these tears is basically about a young girl. It's kind of like um a new adult no- uh, novel novelette because she is only 20 mm-hmm. and she is supposed to be this protector of, um, she was chosen by Oya, which is a uh, um, African goddess, mm-hmm. um, um, to protect a vase or something called her tears, and it holds the liquid of her essence, basically. Okay. And this young girl, currently generation, that were destined to chosen to be the protector of this object and she's just of age now where it's not her turn and before she can become before she can accept that role because she's she's just been learning it all these years and now it's time for her to finally accept it her little town gets jacked up <laughs> and wow. she has to go into her, her role as a guardian basically um to protect the town and her and the people from these demons okay. um who want who want the object that she has because they want to take over the magic in the world and turn everything to nothing. Gotcha. gotcha. And so this story kind of goes into that. And it's just really about her self discovery and her having to accept this role that she's going to undertake and protect herself from while having to accept the responsibility that comes with it. Because what comes with it is she once she accepts it, she has to have a protector herself. Okay. Interesting. And she doesn't want one. She feels like she can do it herself. She got this. She don't need it. So that's now, what I must, I must, we, we must be in like some kind of synchronicity because the next question I was going to ask you, now this is keying in on her having to accept the protector. The next question I was mm-hmm. going to ask you before you even mentioned that was you said that you were a girly girl and I can, I can tell that. You know, just for talking. And that's that's something that's very special and precious nowadays. Um, can a girl be a, can a can a girl can a woman be a heroine and not be all rough and tough? Can she still oh, yeah. be girly and still be powerful? Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I guess I like to say that so far in my stories, uh, uh, the women that are the heroines are. And it's not supposed to. It's not particularly because I'm trying to make some statement about gender roles or anything like that. It's not. It's okay. just how they come to me. Sure. And so with Sana, she's really she's this chef mm-hmm. loves to cook, take care of her family and friends. Why? Because I love to cook. <laughs> okay. Um. So she's she she has to accept her role in what's coming on with the with the seniors that she finds out while her guardian angel is the one that's supposed to protect protect her. But in the process, she of her learning those roles, she becomes a little more where she doesn't really need him, okay. and then that's not in a negative kind of sense of any kind of way. It's just she knows her role, she knows her purpose now, and she got this. 
Okay. And so I do that on purpose to show, you know, not everything. You don't know everything. And even if you do end up becoming into a situation where you do know it all, sometimes it's okay to have other people to help you out in those situations wow. or at least work at your side okay. in those situations. And so the women in my story can be solved, but then I also have a lot of women that what some men, I guess would feel is too hard, but like my character, the Medusa, I imagine some men would consider her very hard, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm finding out is a lot of the men and a lot of the women identify very well with her and don't consider her hard in the sense of she's trying to do too much. She's just badass. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's good and healthy to have too. You can be a badass and still kick butt and still be very feminine. Mm, okay. Wow. So you have different uh, templates of femininity in your novels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not all Wonder Woman, magic bracelets, lassos, punching tanks. Some of them are. <laughs> well, some are because I like that. I'm just like, <laughs> Sana has other half of her that she doesn't know how to control yet that can do all of those things. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, every, every coin has two sides. So, yeah. Yeah. Coin has two sides. I just like to show all those different little facets and stuff. Because, right. I mean, it's only fair in other genres. You get other writers, and I'm just going to say nine mm-hmm. people of color, that uh-huh. get to go around and just be save the cheerleader, save the world kind of thing. You we, know, They could do it. The we could do it, too. We could do right. it. I see what you said. I see what you said. You're funny. <laughs> so if they can be the one, <laughs> we can have our one as well. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, this romantic thing keeps kind of stirring it in, in my consciousness. Yeah. Let's let's go off the rails a little bit here. Give me your top five favorite romantic movies. They could be romantic comedies. They could be. Give me your top five. <laughs> Ew, who says I like to watch all of that all the time? I don't know. I just pick out oh, this. Out but the, no, out the sky. Growing, <laughs> growing up, yeah. Uh-huh. My top one. I'll give it. To, let's see. This is hard. <laughs> Top romantic for me, I would be Princess Bride. Okay. Love and basketball, but really it, it goes flips from Love and Basketball and Love Jones to okay. I haven't really, I think those are, I only really have three. I haven't had anything else that really does. Well, okay. There's another one. Sometimes I watch over and over again. Um, a Walk in the Clouds. Sometimes I watch it over again. That's really cute. I okay. really like that movie. And that's romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Dis- some, whatever Disney movie is out there uh, here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm really doing bad here in my thinking process. Yeah, you probably, doing, yeah, usually doing I can spit it out good. really well, but you getting specific on romance only, and I'm just like, hmm. Well, brown you know, sugar, it's a romantic sugar. element. Say again? Brown sugar. Brown sugar, okay. Now, I have, I, have, I, can, I can say honestly that I've never seen any of these films. <laughs> Not a Shame. nail one. Not a nail one. 
Now, I'm going to give you my top five. And this is going to be tough because I don't usually watch uh, romantic stuff. But uh, let me see here. Let me just go for it. Um, the first one uh, would be uh, top five. The, uh, the joint with Chris Rock and um, Rose, Rose O'Donnell, whatever. Rose, Rosario. Rosario, yeah. So top five. Um, the second one is the uh, Robin Williams joint. Uh, Robin Williams. I'm cheating with the uh, mm-hmm. with, with Google here. I've I've watched this movie probably ten times. Um, piece. Uh, what dreams may come. That was good. See, I don't consider that romance though. Well, I mean, if he didn't have a soulmate, there wouldn't be a movie. You know, that was like this the core. True. This is true. That, that makes the, sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So let's see here. So top five, uh, what dreams may come. Uh, let's see what other movies I, I got here. Um, Deja Vu um, with... Uh, yeah, that uh, Denzel, with Denzel. Yeah, the Deja Vu. And it's funny because he loved her from afar kind of thing. He kind of mm-hmm. fell in love with her from afar. It, didn't, it wasn't like a, they was a straight couple, you know, kind of thing. And uh, let me see, boom, boom, boom. And then what's the other joint? Uh, let me see. That's not really a romance. That was that's not really romance either. Uh, <laughs> see, now I'm doing bad. See, some things it's just like I I don't think that's romance, but okay. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, that's yeah. The other ones is just a guy rescuing a girl, and that that's not necessarily. Uh, a romance kind of thing but yeah yeah it, it's kind of funny i mean to me a, a, a romance is like there's a guy in some kind of impossible circumstance and the love that he has for this woman helps him overcome it to me mm-hmm. that's a romance is is that your definition or no no <laughs> <laughs> that's not your definition it's just the two people that are in love uh-huh. that Anything can happen, whatever. But ultimately, they just in love. That's that's all our call romance. That's like, all it is. Oh, okay, all right. If you really want to go there for that for a meeting, that means like you can go and say what Fifty Shades is gray is romance, but it's a different type of romance. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see that that thing either. Um, but apparently, a lot of people were disappointed. Yeah, I heard that too. I, I don't know. I don't follow that. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I could tell you a story, but that it might. Well, this is the internet. You want to hear an interesting story? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this girl I dated for half a minute. Um, <clears throat> she was. I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but as we, you know, talked, I found out that she was into that kind of lifestyle, and I didn't even know it was a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. With the whips and the leather and the and the whole bit, it's a lifestyle. They got mail order catalogs for shit, and they got like their clubs with dungeons in the bottom. I mean, she had a hell of a story. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that was interesting was she hated the movie because their technique was wrong. Because you can think about it, you can probably say that same thing for the people that was upset with Harry Potter movies or. Well, it's not like there's a way to cast a spell. That's not real. But she was like, the way you choke somebody. 
like, well, hey, that's her. Well, that's, shoot, that's her lifestyle. That's what she get into. She know what's real and what's not. And if it ain't looking real, she got a problem. I don't blame her. It was Sometimes. one of those surreal kind of, am I really hearing this right now in this little coffee house? <laughs> I mean, she was so, I mean, she. it was almost like a guy, like my father was a boxing trainer. And Pop would say, you know, there's a certain way you throw a jab and you got to snap it back. I mean, he was, it was like that. She was like, that technique is on. That's not how you, you ease into it this way. And I was like, whoa. You well, know because I, mean? I, I get where she's coming from because if you, one of these people that got into that world thinking it's going to be like that movie, uh-huh. thinking it's going to be like that book. Yeah. Then you can be, it can be problematic and can be harmful to you because then once you get in there and get the real deal going on that she knew. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> you, uh, you can come out and go, oh my gosh, this is not what I thought. Well, nah. duh, because you're going off of a book that, that or a movie that couldn't, or in the case of the movie itself, can give you everything. That's Otherwise, it wouldn't be allowed to be shown. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, even though it was a fantasy novel, because it, I guess it didn't line up perfectly. Yeah, it's, that, that is interesting. I mean, well, think about it. What you said with the boxing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, problem with Rocky. Because I mean, it's the same thing. If you're not swinging right and you're watching this movie and you seeing that technique is wrong, you you like, well, they could hurt somebody, and they probably did with that swing. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I see what you're saying. I have I family mean, that's in the hot and that works in the medical field, and every time they watch something on TV, like. Like back in the day with Scrubs or mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Med and stuff, they were like, "Well, that is not even how that goes." Or uh, Grey's Anatomy now, like you know, that's not how that goes. Wow. Now, yeah. have you have you uh, had a chance to speak with any of your like fans, any of the readers of your of your work? Um, just it's been like a, not that many, not that many, not that many at all. Has any of them yeah. said, "Hey"? Vampires don't behave that way. Hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, you- I've been actually waiting for people to do that with me. Uh-huh. Like, it's like super excited to do have that happen one day. Because all I'm gonna say is, well, I mean, that didn't that didn't sparkle, but y'all. <laughs> oh like man, a little bit more realistic than the sparkle. Then I'm just saying <laughs> that that is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, people love those books, so you know, make me know. That is hilarious. Talk about gender roles. They then took the scariest monster ever and 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 turned him into Ken doll or something. He sparkles in sunlight. The movies, because yeah, that specifically that Ken moment, it happens in one of the movies, and it really upset my world. I was really upset when I saw that. (laughs) But I saw that. (laughs) Well, if you if you. If it's done right, if she wanted it to be done right, she could have mm-hmm. kept the sparkling and maybe like super creepy. Like That's it could have been like super duper creepy and served a function. I would not have had a problem with that. Wow. <laughs> as as we wrap up, as we wrap up, um, uh, the fans uh probably want to get a you know, ballpark is the wind. The next book is coming out, and you mentioned it's called uh o- did you say OSHA Tears? What did you say? Um, it's just called Ani's Tears. Ani's right Tears. That's the tentative working title. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and you it said should that come you- out next month or so. I just I have to work on it. But um, next month there is another novel coming from me. Well, not novel. It's um, a short story 
and it's Sincroc's Daughters or something like that. I don't know when they will link it up to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles for you all to buy it, but I have a Sin Eater short in there too. So Okay. All right. So that's the um that's the compilation or the anthology that you mentioned earlier. Yes. That you're gonna be part of. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, I guess that's about it. Tell us about your website, how people can follow you on social media, that type of thing. Well, you can go to kwhp5f.wixsite.com. And that's, I know that's long. One day I'll be able to get my own domain, but that's where you can find me. You also can find me at Facebook. It's easier to find me on Facebook at my name. Um, you can find me on Twitter at my name as well. Um, I'm on Tumblr on the social network old bracket. So you can find me there. Um, yes, I dabble in horror and yes, sometimes sin eaters can be horror field, but it's really not to me. So anybody can read it. <laughs> it is juicy, but the romance scenes. Okay. So <laughs> enjoy. Right. And I also have, you know, um, sci-fi steampunk regular romance whatever you need i got (laughs) you that's beautiful that's beautiful uh kai leaks it's been a pleasure to talk with you i have fun talking with you as well thank you for inviting me yo family what's going on with you i hope y'all dug that interview this is jonathan soul speak with you now i want you to support my brothers and sisters by following them on social media and going to their website and picking up that product So we can stop focusing so much on issues and start focusing on building industry. For more episodes, go to JonathanSoul.com, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L.com. And of course, I'm on social media. I'm on, uh, it's Jonathan Soul at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on uh, SoundCloud. And um, I'm over at uh, Black Spot as well that terrific Facebook competitor. Listen, family, I love you guys, and I want all your dreams to come true. And my dreams can't come true without you, and yours can't come true without me. So let's support each other, and let's build this thing together. I love you guys. Peace and love to you and your family. Till next time.